0: up now just recording a podcast. What's up with
1: Oh not too much. You know what though? What? You need a counselor. Thanks, so do you. (laughs) I do need a counselor. You're right. Welcome to You Need a Counselor Podcast. We are a therapist and a behavioral health counselor. Um, who are here to tell you exactly why you need a counselor, although today is more about why I need a counselor. (laughs) And so we're going to change it up a little bit today. We're going to talk about a new topic that actually like, we're not prepared for. I just kind of sprung this on Crystal like five minutes ago. Um, But we'll share more about that in a minute. But I'm Julie Johnson. Uh, We are with Heart and Solutions. We're a strength-based counseling agency here in Iowa.
0: I'm Krista. I am the vice president of Heart and Solutions, and I am in charge of the BHIS department. BHIS is behavioral health intervention services. So, we work with children um, with behavioral health counseling ages four to 18 on different behavioral health skills that they need to improve on in home. And this is You Need a Counselor. So, the mission of our podcast is that we are designed for people curious about counseling, but who have barriers keeping them from experiencing the benefits of counseling. Our mission is to share stories about counseling, good, bad, and indifferent, and spread the message that everyone can. Benefit from mental health and behavioral health counseling services?
1: So, we do post on Sunday nights. So, we've been posting on Sunday nights. So, save up your laundry. Don't do laundry throughout the week. That's (laughs) terrible. Who wants to do that? Nobody. Don't do laundry through the week. (laughs) Um, Put away all your laundry on Sunday night. Get that fresh start. Put us on on Sunday nights. We will be uh, bringing out new episodes every Sunday night. Um, You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on all the different podcast apps. Uh, sources. Um, we are out there. We're through Anchor also. So check us out. And if you want to follow our uh, Facebook page, we are, you need to Counselor podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. And we always post the latest episode on there, as well as some like behind the scenes information and photos when we first record the episode, which is usually a little bit. It's a solo episode. And sometimes... No Yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, Chris and I will get together and we'll be like, okay, what are we going to talk about (laughs) during our (laughs) solo episode, you know, and uh, we kind of have a list going and, and today we had planned to talk about medication and psychiatrists and what that's all about but Um, you know, we're still people, we're counselors, but we are people. And so about five, 10 minutes ago, I got on the line with Krista and I said, hey, let's do something totally different for this podcast, because I've got some stuff going on and I need a counselor. And if I need a counselor for this stuff, you guys like other people do too. Mm -hmm. Like it can't just be me. It can't be. Um, So I know that other people need counselor when they're going through these same types of things. Here's the situation. The first thing I want to do is apologize to anybody who's watching this on YouTube, because typically <laughs> I try to do something about this situation, this <laughs> hair, face situation, face. like male situation, okay? <laughs> prior he to does not mom. look bad. And YouTube will, will make that determination. <laughs> So if you're listening to this on podcast and just audio, just know that I look fantastic. Um, If if you're watching it on YouTube, I apologize. And usually I try to do something about this situation. But anyway, this is what's going on today because in my household, we're experiencing a really challenging situation right now. Uh, We have three cats. And their names are Pants, the Wonder Cat, uh, short for Pantaloon um, and short for Miniature Panther. So we have all kinds of names that we call him. His official name is Miniature Panther, but we lengthened that to Pantaloon. Um, we call him Pants generally, or we'll call him like His Pants, which is not Piss Pants. It's Piz Pants with a Z. <laughs> oh my gosh um, we also we call him all kinds of like i joe started calling him pant zuma and now like i'll call him zuma sometimes which may, that has nothing to do no with pants, but no. <laughs> that's what i call him i'll be like hey zuma back off or whatever it is. uh we have another cat so pants has three legs He is a cancer survivor. Um, He had cancer on his hip and we had to remove his leg. Um, And they did remove the cancer. So he is cancer free. This was two years ago now, maybe. Uh, And he had to have a full amputation. So he has three legs and gets around better than like any of the other cats. He's doing great for himself. Okay. (laughs) Um, So that's pants. We've also got Teeny, who is a... It currently has cancer. So she has uh, bowel cancer right now. And about a year and a half ago, the vet told us, Hey, she's got this bowel cancer. We give her about six months to live. Do you want to do chemo? And we said, No, like leave that cat alone. Don't do chemo <laughs> on her, you know? Like, so we decided not to go with chemo. We said, Let's just let her be comfortable. You know, she hates being in the car, she hates going to the vet. Let's just let her be at home. And, and let nature do its thing. Uh, and that was a year and a half ago. So she's survived a year past, which like, if you knew her personality, you wouldn't necessarily be surprised. She's like the most scrappy, like survival cat of the bunch. Um, so that, that's teeny. Uh, and then Franny. So Franny's the one who we thought was going to outlive all three of them, because she smells the worst. She poops on the floor, like she really, really tries to poop in the litter box. Like she does her best, but she'll poop like right next to the litter box, <laughs> and then she like scratches the floor, you know, with her little paw to try to bury it. Oh gosh, <laughs> on the floor, there's nothing to bury it with. But like you can't be mad at her because she's trying she so hard to use the litter box, like. So, you know, because of that inconvenience and kind of like annoyance and also like she stinks, she has halitosis. She had to get like a ton of teeth removed a few years ago and like they always like scrape her tongue and stuff at her appointment. So she's kind of a higher maintenance cat. Three weeks ago or so, Franny started getting really like wheezy. She would take a deep breath and she would kind of like shudder as she would exhale that breath and it seemed like it was, she was having a hard time breathing. So we brought her into the vet and we said, okay, what's going on? They said, it's her heart. They did an x-ray, they did a scan. They gave her these heart medication which it them like crushing up every night and putting in a baby syringe and like shoving in her, it's awful. Um, And so we thought, okay, she, she was doing better, right? But today she's not doing good, you guys, so. I've been checking on her all day she's on the couch she's got kind of like one eye open and one eye closed and she's just you know very peaceful and laying there and so monica's on cat hospice right now because she is i said very important that you sit here on the couch with her when i thought about doing this podcast episode we were planning to talk about medication psychiatric medication that i knew like i know myself i know i'm not going to be able to talk about that today Let's talk about this. I need a counselor for this stuff. And so does everybody who's listening. If you have been through a pet loss, oh my gosh. like Horrible. It's horrible. It is horrible. There are all different kinds of losses that we go through over the course of our lives. And when we think about grief, I think we tend to think about people, right? We don't always necessarily think about these other losses that we go through within our lives. And so I just thought as a way to, if anybody is experiencing a pet loss, has a sick pet right now, um, and is going through all of, all of the ups and downs of like going to the vet, trying to do treatments, deciding on treatments, that is valid grief. It's valid grief even before you lose the pet, right? When the pet's health starts to go down. So we, we just wanna say to anybody who's listening, who's experiencing that, that that is valid grief. There are a lot of things in our society that kind of try to invalidate that. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But basically the message I wanna say here to anybody that's listening is if you have lost a pet and if you are grieving that, that is valid. That is totally okay. Um, So one story I wanna share is about my cat, Trixie. So we had Trixie, we got her in 2008, I think, and then she passed away in 2011. I had just gotten a brand new job in the counseling field, my first job in the counseling field, and I was traveling to Jefferson, which is like two hours away. My cat needed surgery, um, and, but they said it was routine, right? So I thought, okay, that's fine, I'm gonna go to Jefferson. Um, she ended up passing away during that surgery. At the time, my husband and I had just gotten married. We were going through all of this infertility treatments and infertility challenges. I think we, we talked about that a little bit on the, the previous week, last week, uh, when we were talking to Erin about
0: infertility and how
1: hard that is. And this, this loss of this pet Trixie really complicated that for me um, to the point where I started to have these... Irrational thoughts. At the time, they seemed perfectly rational, but when I think about them now, I go, okay, like I can tell them in a better place about this now than I was then. But I started to have these thoughts of like, I was to blame for my cat's death, right? Because I shouldn't have gone to work. Like, I should have, I kept telling myself, like, I shouldn't have gone to Jefferson. I should have been home. Um, And so that coupled with the infertility situation. I got these these ideas in my head about myself about like I don't have a child because I don't deserve a child right and like if I can't take care of a cat how am I going to take care of a kid and so it just kind of all like in, inter- intertwined in my mind and I can't be the only one right that this has that something like this Um, has happened, where, like, we get these thoughts, and we don't even sometimes notice them, you know, like, our our thoughts just kind of happen naturally, and then it's, it's not all the time that we go, oh, do I, is that thought accurate, you know, (laughs) like, is that real, or is that just me, you know, having this kind of different perspective, because it's all in, in my own head. With, with this cat, she was, she was really special to me because I had not had a cat before. It was my husband and I, you know, together. This was like our first animal together. That makes a big difference. That animal being just having that significance, I think. Um, and I realized, so I've been on a really big decluttering spree here <laughs> <really, laughs> Like, really intense. And we opened up this treasure chest where we found that we had kept my cat Trixie's ashes. Now, she passed in 2011 and I never ever did anything with her ashes. I just kept them in this like treasure chest thing from Hobby Lobby. And I, when I saw them, I immediately wanted to just close the top of that box and like, no, look at them anymore. Like, I don't wanna see that, right? Like I just want to forget that that's there. Um, And then there were also photos of her that I came across and I was like, no, I don't, I, I can't, right? So even though that happened in 2011, it was so really, really fresh for me, even though like my daughter is four now, right? That idea of like, am I a horrible cat mom? Does that, what does that say about, you know, my parenting with my daughter now? All of those things just started to flood back in. So I knew that they had not been resolved. Um, and so we decided in our decluttering, our, our goal is that when we come across something that has action attached to it, that we've put off uh, for nine years, almost 10 years now, um, that we will make a plan for that item, right? And do something with it. And so a couple weekends ago, we went out to, there's a waterfall like 15 minutes from my house, which I did not realize that. I just Um, found that out too, that there was a waterfall near us. It's so nice. Is it the one in Gladbrook?
0: Yeah. And I've never heard of it and Connor said it, and I was like,
1: oh. Did I'll you send you pictures that? of it. It's so okay. pretty. It's so pretty. I'll have to go. So we decided, okay, let's go out there, and also let's have a cat funeral, and so we had tried to go to Grimes Farm to do this cat funeral, um, but then the mosquitoes came out, and were really, really bad, and we were like, cat funeral a different day, <laughs> so, then, so then we ended up doing, uh, doing it at this waterfall, and we went off trail, and we dug a hole, and we looked at her pictures and my daughter was part of it, which was really, really cathartic for me because she had never met this cat. Like this cat means nothing to her except that she's seen pictures of it, you know? And she has a stuffed animal version of Trixie and she calls it Trixie because that's what I always Uh called it. Um, And so, but like even that stuffed animal was always just like a reminder, you know? And it was like triggering sometimes when I would see that animal or she would say Trixie. And so we had this cat funeral, which was really, really cathartic. But I also realized, like, I need to be talking about this in counseling, too, because this is all it's all related to each other. You know, ideas about who am I as a mom. Also, I realized in in talking about this in counseling, realized that a lot of that also is tied in with like my biological parents who I just recently reconnected with in February, um, but who I had been separated with from for the last 34 years. And not knowing, you know, before Monica was born, what kind of mom would I be in that first year? Um, and what kinds of things might take her away from me, right? The way that I was kind of um, separated from my biological parents. so. I think that all of that just really tied together and this pet loss was such an integral part of it. And it's not something that I ever would have connected on my own, right? Like, okay, my cat died nine years ago. Like, I would not have thought that that would play into my reunification with my biological parents and, you know, my parenting with my daughter and all of these things, but it really, really does. Um, and I, it's something that, you know, it tells me and reminds me all the time. I need a counselor because I otherwise would not have ever thought about those things and how they connect with
0: each other. Last summer, our family dog passed away. So he was, we got him when I was a junior in high school. So I was 16, um, Jack was his name, Jack, the yellow dog. For some reason, we called him Jack the yellow dog. Um, he was a big fluffy yellow dog. But yeah, he passed away. I'm gonna cry on the podcast. It's okay um, too. I wasn't <laughs>
1: even talked about Franny about to die. That's where yeah. my tears are. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> um Yeah. So he was
0: uh, 14, I think. 15, 14, 13, um, and he wasn't doing well for a while. And my parents took him into the vet, and then he got put down like that day at the vet. None of our my siblings. I have nine siblings. None of us got to say goodbye. Um, yeah, so I think that just made it harder for us. And obviously, yeah, pet loss is a big deal. I'm crying on the podcast about deal. it. Yeah. And having that closure, he was like a sibling to us because we all grew up with him. I have siblings who like he was their only dog they ever had. Like they were he were yeah. they were born when he was a, like a puppy. Um so super strange now that we don't have him. My parent we have another dog. My family has one other dog. So um Change for her. My family, my parents, have moved to New Mexico since then, which has been weird. Like now, when we go to visit them, <laughs> Jack's not there. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a huge like family change and adjustment for all of us. I think, especially since we weren't able to, none of us got to say goodbye. They ended up putting him down like right away at the vet that day, and the kids were at school and we were all at work. So, um, yeah, definitely hard to have that family member. They are a family member. They are. Um, not getting that closure from it yeah
1: they are I mean I you're so right in that the animals we grow up with like they were there on all of our milestones you know Mm -hmm. they were there like they're part of our history with your parents moving you know like things if that's a big change anyway right versus like okay they used to live around the corner from you yeah (laughs) Um, seriously now they live in new mexico which is so different it just it changes all the routine and then you know daisy being there is like okay there is that which still feels like coming home yeah but it then again like accentuates probably the jack not being there that one of them is missing yeah Uh uh-huh yeah, and I think you're so right in like the saying goodbye part, like mm-hmm. the closure part is so, so challenging because yeah, like you didn't get to say goodbye to Jack and, um, and I mean, you've known him. Like when we think about how long animals live, it's like some of those animals we've known way longer than a lot of the Yeah, have. than our
0: siblings. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And so like, you know, we feel that and it's, um, I was reading a couple articles about pet loss. So I just, in order to uh, talk about this today, I kind of just looked up like, why should we take pet grief and pet loss seriously? And it's because it is a major loss. Like what, what we're identifying here, a couple of the points there were like loss of identity you know it's like when when you ask a kid tell me about yourself like <laughs> what are the major things they talk yeah. about like they'll tell you how many siblings they have they'll tell you you know their name and their favorite color and then tell you about their pets mm-hmm. um, and being able to say like I for me for the last five no the last seven years we've been a three cat family. Um, I have a mug from Alyssa, one of our biggest uh, supervisors that says I was normal three cats ago, <laughs> which I don't know how accurate that mug is because I don't know how normal, <laughs> how normal I was three cats ago, but we're a three cat household. When people say, oh, tell us a weird fact about you, a lot of times that's my go-to, right? And, and when Franny passes, which I do think is going to be in the next day or so here, we're a two-cat family, and and just that loss of, you know, who we are, um, and uh, we were on team meeting this morning, and I was talking about my cats, right, like, not yeah. <laughs> super relevant to the conversation, <laughs> but
0: I talk about them
1: all the time, and, uh, and for Franny to be sick right now, and to be on the couch. And, you know, we, we, I feel like we did everything we could for her, but we can't control what happens with our pets and with our pet's health. That I think that because we are, we're caregivers to those pets that we want to so badly, you know, we Mm -hmm. want to control that um, and make it better for them because in a lot of ways there are kids, like anybody who, like there are some people out there like my my husband's dad was this way he did not see animals as anything right like it's kind of that like sometimes you get that like older farm mentality right Mm -hmm. of like okay animals are just food Um, (laughs) or they're like pests and annoyances but the truth is anybody that considers themselves a dog mom or a cat mom or a guinea pig mom (laughs) or whatever it is there's a real emotional Connection there that I think that society doesn't always acknowledge and doesn't always allow us to talk about, you know, and I think that that really is makes it even harder to go through a pet loss on our own without that support because not everybody gets it, like not everybody understands that this is a major loss, especially when it's like a cat. I don't know. I don't know why, but like, <laughs> I feel like people kind of get the dog man's best friend yeah, situ- a little bit more than cats. And you know, one thing I like about cats is they are really low maintenance. <laughs> <Like you> just, <laughs> they don't care about what you're doing, you know, but they're still your, your pet. They're still your baby. It, it does make it a lot more complicated. So that idea of like loss of identity, I think you're really right on with talking about that. Like he was the 11th sibling, yeah. um, <laughs> right? In your household. Um, and you've known him longer than some of your siblings, which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. And then one of the other uh, things that it talked about was just that like, there isn't the societal support. Like when when my cat had to have surgery, it felt very, it didn't feel okay to me to say, I need to take time off work to attend my cat's surgery, right? Because even saying that out loud sounds weird to me. Um, Even though I wanted to, and I really went back and forth between like, I I should not go to Jefferson. Like I should not be two hours away. I should be home with her. And if it was my kid having surgery, there's no question. Like I would never, I would never be like, "Mm, can I take, The day off because my kids having surgery. Like I would be there. (laughs) Yeah, you absolutely would. Like absolutely would. Right. And there's no boss in the world that's going to be like, sorry, you can't like go attend your kid's surgery. Right. But with with it being a cat, it felt a lot different, and I didn't feel like I was able to say to my boss at the time, I need to take this day off. I, you know, I had clients scheduled for that day that were also depending on me because I only went out there once a week Um, and I was new to the position and I wanted to make a good name for myself and I wanted to you know show these clients that they could depend on me and so I made that compromise because it was a pet and I think that that really complicated um, the situation a lot more because if it if it had been a child I would have been there right there wouldn't have been this guilt associated with it that was, like, I should have been there with her, you know, or I should have, uh, I should have called in, not sick, but I should have called in and said <laughs> I can't go in that day, um, and, and that I didn't, and knowing that I, I, made that choice, but I think I made that choice out of, again, like, societal norm, right, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it still sounds weird to attend a cat surgery, instead. Of going <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it stuck with me, and I think, for you too, like in your situation with Jack, like because it's a dog now, if that had been like a grandpa or something, you know, yeah. it, it, there it probably would have been a little different. Um, but even with animals, like we can't say goodbye, we can't talk to them on the phone. I know
0: so that's what makes it so sad, too. You don't know, like, they don't know what's going on, or that you can't communicate with them, or you, I mean, we can talk to them, but do they know what we're saying and they can't talk back? So, yeah yeah I definitely think that makes it harder for us too
1: it is like Franny keeps staring at me with her one eye that's open like she's got and I tried to like put her face so that it would like I was like close your eyes like just relax you know because I want her to be comfortable and Monica's so cute Monica's making play food for her and like putting it next to her so wait I I did take a picture of her because she's wrapped up in all these towels and then she's got like all of these plates of play food like around <laughs> her, because Monica made her all this food. And um, and it's, you know, like, we're just, we're trying to make her as comfortable as possible, but she keeps looking at me out of her, you know, one eye. And I keep telling her, you're a good cat. And I'm sorry, I made fun of you so much for your halitosis, but like you smell, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like but that's that's part of who she was. She had so much personality. Mm-hmm. um because she like she sank, and when you put her in the car ever she was the loudest cat i've ever heard in the car <laughs> like she would she would go yeah <laughs> like, whoa it wasn't a meowing it was like yeah <laughs> and when we first adopted her from the from the animal rescue league we brought her home in the crate and we were like oh no what did we do <laughs> like, because she just yeah yeah <laughs> like, oh no, is this going to be our lives now? <laughs> like, is she going to just do this all night long? Um, but she only did it in the car, which thank goodness for that. Um, but you know, there's all these like weird things that like make up that pet's personality and you know, they're not just a dog and they're not just a cat. Um, they're Jack, you know, or they're Franny or they're Trixie. And I think that it. it because not everybody necessarily understands that or thinks that way. Or even with the people that we know have experienced a pet loss or are a cat mom or a cat dad or a dog mom or a dog dad, like you never know exactly how like extensively that person kind of understands yeah. what, what it is that you're going through, right? Because all the pets are so different. So yeah, the one of the articles I was reading and I'll link all the articles, uh, in the show notes, but it just talks about like it makes it complicated grief. So grief in itself, we can we we process through it. There is an emotional natural reaction to grief that we are able to do as humans, um, and we can go through this process, which is the grieving process. It never goes away, but that grief, if allowed to process through us, it does process through and we learn how to cope with that we learn how to live with that in Trixie's case that was stuck grief that grief was stuck in me it did not process through um and I knew that because 10 years later I still hadn't buried her I still had you know these pictures that I didn't want to look at and um and I still didn't want to have, you know, for her, want to have, you know, a ceremony for her, there were those blockages, you know, and talking to a counselor about that, and being able to kind of see where all these pieces come together, and why, you know, that was important to me, and why it's okay that that was important, and why it's also okay to grieve a cat, um, and important to grieve a cat was really, really important, but I don't, nobody talks about that, Nobody says it's okay to grieve your cat. <laughs> like, nobody yeah. says that. And so I think it's just important that, you know, if you're listening to this episode, that if you need a counselor because you're grieving your dog or you're grieving your cat, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's good to do that. It's necessary sometimes to get that out. Um, and the, the things that complicated are those cultural norms of like, Well, it's, there are people who think it's just a cat, like it's just, you know, a dog, but they are so much more than that Mm -hmm. for so many of us. Another point that uh, some of these were, were just like our routines too. So Krista, you talked about this a little bit in terms of like, coming home you know part of that coming home to your parents house and, like feeling like oh I'm home was having Jack there because mm-hmm. it reminds you of like when you're a teenager you know it reminds you of when you're like in middle school um, and that is a disruption to that routine yeah and you know with with Franny, okay this is gonna sound weird but like <laughs> when she's gone. I'm not going to be picking up cat poop anymore off the floor. Okay. And you might be sad about it. Like that's weird because I'm like, I don't enjoy (laughs) the picking up, right? But at the same time, like that's part of my routine I know that's gross now you know way more about me than you want to but like I do yoga, like I do um, workouts in the morning right and I do it on my yoga mat and so when I come downstairs in the morning like that's the first thing I do because I don't want to be doing that near cat poop um and our daily routine gets changed up and it's I think it's probably even more so with dogs because we're, we have that routine of like let the dog out and walking the dog and feeding the dog all the time where cats are like our cats are pretty well-made so we just put food out, and they eat and drink it, and and all of that, but even just something as simple as, like, yeah, when I sit in this chair, Granny comes and sits here, and I put a blanket over her, um, and that's a routine that is disrupted when we have a loss, so the other thing is that, like, that caretaking role, you know, when we have a loss of a pet, um, especially, like, Well, any pet, really, but if our pet has been sick for a long time, too, part of our routine and part of like our our self-identity is taking care of that pet and caretaking for others. Actually, there's a lot of research on nurturing um, that when we nurture other people and animals that we actually get that nurturing for ourselves, too, as we're doing it, and so caretaking for pets is so important um, when we need nurturing you know, and like, we can't always control if we're going to get nurtured by other people, like we really can't control that. But we can control whether we nurture our pets or we nurture other people. Um, And we get those same benefits when we're doing the nurturing as we do when we're being nurtured. So the loss of a pet can really, really um, take that away from us, right? Like that, that ability to nurture something and care about something. And I think that Um, With COVID, especially now, we're so isolated from the people in our lives Mm -hmm. that our pets play even more of an important role for us. Yeah,
0: yeah, because we can only ever we're all at home we're all stuck at home uh-huh. so yeah we're spending way more time than with our pets than we were and like especially like dogs like that's kind of the only way at one point we could even really get out of the house like when everything first shut down um to take dogs on walks to get out of the house because otherwise we we're going kind of stir crazy so um yeah for sure during COVID, i definitely think that's time. Mm-hmm. even more so especially while working from home too now even more so we're all stuck in the home with them all day. My dog's literally like right next to me right now.
1: Yeah, uh, YouTube viewers, you'll probably see Bandit on here <laughs> at some point um, yeah. or hear him because. And see I mean, I usually close the door so that pants won't come in here and like sit on me. But <laughs> he, uh, they're they're always kind of around. And yeah, like with being stuck in the house all the time. I mean, I'm sure our pets love it because we're home more, (laughs) Um, but it definitely has given us, you know, if we look at that as an opportunity, it's like, yeah, we've had more opportunity to be around our animals more of the time, and especially with dogs who need that companionship, Mm -hmm. um, being able to be with them more often, you know. Um, Also, I mean, there's so many studies about how pets reduce anxiety, and I know from, like, for so many of our clients too, um, adults and kids, like petting an animal is a huge coping skill for anything that's happening um, and a way to reduce anxiety, in a way to reduce anger um, and frustration is to be able to pet that animal and, uh, and kind of feel that like, yeah. I keep wanting to say unrequited love, but that's not what I mean. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, if you have cats, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <But> unconditional. Yes. <laughs> that, there you go. that unconditional, like positive regard. I mean, that is the basis of counseling. Unconditional positive regard. Um, and if, if you go to most counselors nowadays, there's a base of uh, person-centered or client-centered counseling, which means we're going to do unconditional positive regard. Um, If you go into a counselor, it doesn't matter if that person agrees with you, doesn't agree with you, lives their life the way you do, lives your life differently. That's your counselor. So when they're in there with you, whatever you say, whatever you're thinking, even if those thoughts and feelings are not necessarily serving you well, like the, you know, the thoughts about like, Okay, my cat died, so that means I'm not a good enough mom, right? Like, that thought is not helpful to me at all. But like, but when I said that to my counselor, she's not like, well, you're wrong. You know, she's like, okay, let's talk about that more. Um, And that's really, really helpful and necessary. And so the same way that counselors give us that kind of unconditional positive regard and support Animals do that too. They do that same thing, you know, like my cats do not care what I look like. Unlike YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you out, of YouTube. No, but they, they don't care. Like they don't care what I look like. They don't care what I'm doing. They don't care what I'm thinking. They don't care if I'm like yelling. They don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. They just want to be around us and they just want to give us support. And so the loss of that unconditional support is so so challenging and so hard um, and makes the need for a counselor during those times even i think more magnified right because a counselor really can give us that unconditional support Um, and with dogs and cats there's no like there's no strings attached to Mm -hmm. anything you know like they just love you because you're their person um, they don't care <laughs> Like, and counselors are the same way. They're going to support you because you are a valuable human being that's in their office. They're going to support you in whatever you do. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I definitely like for me, I needed a counselor, uh, when I lost my cat and I, it took me nine years to start to process that in counseling. Um, and so I guess the other thing is like, it's not too late if you have experienced a pet loss that you do find like pops up for you in other areas of life, right? Or like you you find um, things remind you of that or remind you of that loss or you avoid certain things because of that, right? Like when I was decluttering that area around that um, treasure chest thing that was like one of the last things to get even looked at because I knew what was in there, right? I didn't want to go in there. I knew what was there, but then I knew, okay, that's it, the fact that I am avoiding that means that it is something I really, really need to process out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, the other, let's see. Um, yeah, they talked about the identity talked about the routines uh we talked about the nurturing aspect and then the the impacts of spending time with that unconditional love and support Mm -hmm. Um, so important we've shared a lot about ourselves today (laughs) (laughs) that listeners may or may not have wanted to hear but (laughs) there it is um so All of that to say that, like, this isn't this episode isn't about like us and our specific what happened with us and our pets. Our hope, really, with this episode is that anybody who's listening, if you have experienced a pet loss, that is a real loss. Don't let anybody, including yourself, because I nine years I told myself it didn't matter, right? Don't let anything or anybody, including yourself, invalidate your experience and the grief that you're experiencing. And and go find a counselor, or if you're seeing a counselor, like bring that up to your counselor, start talking about that um, if you can, if it's still in there for you, because I didn't realize how much it was impacting my life um, until I started talking about that. And then my counselor was like, oh, how does that fit in with your reunification with your biological parents? So I was like, oh gosh, okay. (laughs) Didn't even think about that. Yeah, we're going there, are we? (laughs) All right. (laughs) And so it just really, you know, it really can all connect and it's such a like tangled web of thoughts and feelings that we get into. And then sometimes like for me, I'll just go like, I don't wanna deal with that, right? Like I'm just gonna close that off and not think about it. But counseling gives you that safe place to do it also. And uh, that place where you can like, when I'm on that counseling call, I'm gonna talk about these things. And then when I'm not on the counseling call, I don't have to think about it if I don't want to. I can put that in that counseling container and not think about it through the week if I don't want to. Yeah, we hope that this is helpful to somebody. Um, Just know that you're not alone. Chris and I have both gone through this. I almost said recently, but like, Trixie was not very recent, but (laughs) it's still, you know, the processing of it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, and even now, you know, with Franny being sick, just knowing that that's coming, that grief is already setting in, right? It's the reason I couldn't talk about psychiatric meds today. Sorry, (laughs) they wanted to hear about that. Um, I couldn't talk about that today, right? Uh, This, I feel like this needs to be, to be said and, and talked about more. So if you have a story you want to share with us about a pet loss, um, if you have questions for us about, um, you know, how to bring this up to your counselor or uh, what your story means, or even if you just want to share your story anonymously with somebody um, that you know understands, and like Chris and I, we are pet people. We get yes. it.
0: <laughs> we tell like every applicant that applies here that we
1: Yeah. Are. Pets. Yeah, sometimes like (laughs) they'll get on the interview and they'll be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, my dog's here," and we're like, "Good, your dog
0: (laughs) isn't." Yeah, don't apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: And so, if you have anything like that that you want to share your story, um, message us on our Facebook link or uh, private message us on Instagram. Um, we won't share that story if you don't want us to, um, but if you need somebody to share that with and help you get connected with a counselor who's going to understand, let us know. Um, so you can find us on Facebook at uh, You Need a Counselor podcast, and you can find us on uh, Instagram as well. there. So uh, we are, again, Heart and Solutions, if you're in Iowa, um, you can likely do telehealth counseling still, um, or you can do in-person sessions at one of our nine locations. Um, and we also do in-home sessions for kids. I know we didn't talk a ton about kids coping with pet loss, but it's very, very challenging um, watching my, my daughter's four. Watching her one go through the cat funeral, right? And I was nervous about that. I was like, mm-hmm. I do have to. And then also watching her watch our current cat as she's dying, right? Um, and she said to me today, I don't want Franny to die. And I said, I, I don't either. I don't want her to. But this is a part of life. And um, for her at this age to be able to experience that, to be able to experience, you know, taking care of this cat, um, in her older years, um, and talking a lot about, you know, the life that she had in our house, which was extremely comfortable, by the way, I'm very (laughs) sometimes jealous of our cat's lives, uh, because they are extremely (laughs) comfortable animals, um, but, you know, we know that she had a good life, and so, uh, if you've got a kiddo, too, please, please get them some support if you do lose an animal. Um, Because we know how hard it is as adults, but as kids, there's so much more complication to that. They don't fully understand what's happening. Um, The kids are a lot more susceptible to making connections that might not be there. So they might think like, well, I gave the cat too many treats, and then the cat got Mm -hmm. sick, right? Or like, well, the cat ate fish, and if I eat fish, am I going to get sick? right? So we don't want to have, um, we want to be able to have kids have a place to share those thoughts and express those feelings that they might be having. And uh, counseling can be so helpful with that. So if you're looking for in-home counseling too, for your kids who have experienced a loss, sometimes those losses, actually a fair amount of times, those losses translate into behavioral challenges. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, your kiddo might usually be listening to you and then all of a sudden they are you know yelling at you or all of a sudden they're crying at night um and sometimes we don't always connect because maybe we lost the pet six months ago right but for kids uh developmentally it might take them a little while before those symptoms start to kind of set in um or they may make that connection make a connection in their mind somewhere that as adults we know like oh no it wasn't because you hugged the cat too tight, right? Mm -hmm. But as kids, they don't always understand that. And so being able to give them counseling can be so helpful for that. So if you're a parent and um, your child has gone through this, your family has gone through this, just know that you don't have to be alone in that, that you can seek counseling and support for that. And if you're in Iowa, we'll do that in homes. You don't even have to go anywhere for that. Uh, So you can call us at 800-531-4236 for Heart and Solutions. Uh, You can also find us at our website, heartandsolutions.net. And you can find us at our Facebook page and on Instagram. Uh, Facebook page is uh, Heart and Solutions. And then Instagram is iHeartSolutions. So Mm -hmm. reach out to us. We really want to support you. We are like for the majority, we are pet people Um, and so if you are concerned about is my counselor gonna get it that this is a real thing they're gonna get it if you call us they will definitely understand
0: so when we post like Julie mentioned at the beginning we post on Sundays at five so save up your laundry or your chores for the week um, so you can listen to us Sundays while you are going through your laundry and um or Monday morning while you're driving to work or driving to school or getting ready for the week to help you remember to call your counselor save us up for that as
1: well absolutely um so you can always send us questions pet related or not uh, to the the facebook page you need a counselor podcast or on instagram as well
0: okay so i'm chrisa brown
1: and i'm julie johnson and we need a counselor
0: and so do you Bye.
1: bye